Welcome to this clinical law briefing. My name is Robert Wheeler. I work in Southampton as a children's surgeon and clinical lawyer and hope this podcast concerning a legal aspect of clinical life will interest you. This recording describes altruism in stem cell donation. Organ donation by incapacitated adults or by children requires the agreement of a court. The reason is plain to see. Fear lingers that the gift of an organ could plausibly be the reverse, in reality an act of exploitation or much worse. By contrast, the peripheral stem cell harvest, though regulated by the Human Tissue Authority, does not in principle require judicial authority, and it seems that about 65 children each year act as stem cell donors with the approval of the authority. Recently, the Court of Protection, for the first time in its existence, heard an application for the extraction of stem cells for donation from someone lacking capacity. Numerous similar cases have been brought to the High Court relating to bone marrow donation, but for the Court of Protection, this was a new venture. The case concerned MC, an 18-year-old woman who lived at home with her parents and two younger siblings. Several years ago, her mother suffered leukaemia, but despite repeated chemotherapy, remission had eluded her. Mother's life expectancy without transplant is 12 months. With transplant, the court was told, in the order of a 45% five-year survival. The court did not elaborate on the cause of MC's incapacity, but readily pointed out her loving relationship with her mother. She had been unable to repeat, back in a coherent manner, what had been said to her or demonstrate an understanding of stem cell harvest. Finding that MC lacked capacity, the court held that she was unable to provide consent for the collection of stem cells and their use for the benefit of her mother. The court heard she would have repeated blood tests and injections at home to mobilise the stem cells, Pain and bruising and flu-like symptoms were considered. Bilateral venous access in the arms for four or five hours was anticipated. After all of this, there will be no physical benefit for MC. But it was the benefits that she might accrue which were notable. MC was part of a loving family, and there were clear emotional, social and psychological benefits to her of having her mother's life extended. The court gave weight to the fact that notwithstanding MC's lack of understanding of clinical details, she did understand that her mother was unwell and that she might, as a good tissue match, have the ability to extend her mother's life, perhaps enabling recovery. The court found that MC wanted to do that. This was a repeated wish that she had expressed. A case called Dre G from 2010 was cited, where a judge noted that the best interest test was not confined to self-interests. Using the words, the actual wishes of the patient, which are altruistic and not in any way directly or indirectly self-interested, can be a relevant factor. As an additional, separate point, the court in MC gave some lesser weight to the fact that she may be seen by others positively in acting altruistically. Taken altogether, the court found that it was overwhelmingly in MC's interest to donate stem cells and on her path gave consent for the procedure. The altruism point is well made, but perhaps not rehearsed in daily hospital life. Why should there be any doubt that incapacitated patients should be altruistic? 
or a supposition they may be less altruistic than their capacitor's neighbour. Generosity of spirit is not reserved solely for those with capacity. There is every reason why in our hospital we should explicitly include opportunity for altruism in the balancing sheet when accumulating the benefits that an incapacitated patient might accrue in some clinical circumstances. Altrui, the Latin word, denotes somebody else. There is, after all, a measurable benefit derived by any individual from actively caring for somebody else. I hope this was useful, but if you would prefer to read rather than to listen to me, by all means look at the Clinical Law website on the UHS webpage, or type Clinical Law into a search engine.